God bless you and good morning. I am so sorry that I'm not able to greet you in person this morning, especially if you're with us for the very first time. We are so glad that you're here. Remember, give us at least three chances uh, to come and uh, see if we're the right church for you. We are so glad you're here. Are you guys ready for the word this morning? Wonderful. Come on, stand up on your feet. If you would, please take your Bibles and turn to the book of Judges. The book of Judges, chapter 4. I'm going to preach a message to you that's entitled Resolute Envision. Resolute Envision. If you'd all stand, if you're not able to stand up, just stand up on the inside. Resolute Envision. We're going to read Judges 4, 14 through 16. Then we're going to go to verse 23 through 24. Powerful passage of scripture in line really with the message that we preached last week called delayed, or pardon me, dealing with delay. Uh, apparently that message hit home for lots of you. I had people contacting me, texting me. So if you didn't get to hear last Sunday's message, dealing with delay, you want to go and, and get that off of, the, off of the, the webpage or the web stream or YouTube, and the different modes that we bring that to the, to the world. Here we go. Judges chapter 4, verse 14. Then Deborah said to Barak, up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. Verse 15 now. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Harosheth Hagoyim. And all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. Now go to verse 23. Fast forward just to verse 23. Two more verses for our initial text. Verse 23. And verse 23 reads, So on that day God subdued Jabed, king of Canaan, in the presence of the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against King Jabin, Jabin king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. I want you to read verse 24 with me. And the, come on, write out loud, and the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you've done already in worship and time of prayer. We ask now that you would release your word, that you would move in tremendous power, that you would touch and change our lives through the preaching of your word. Let your anointing come now. Let your power be released now. Your yoke-destroying, burden-lifting anointing. Change our lives, I pray, through the preaching of your word and this time that remains now in the service in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. We've been talking about vision and we've been talking about how uh, last week, how there can be delays to vision and Caleb's vision was delayed. Delayed indeed 
45 years it was delayed. He's 40 years old when he gets the promise from Moses. He's 45 years later, making him 85 years old when he moves into the promised land to take his mountain. He said, I'm as young and as on fire and ready for battle as I was when I was 40. Wow. And he waited 45 years for that vision to come to pass. And from that text that we talked about there in the book of Joshua, is some principles on how to overcome or how to deal with delay. And along those same lines, as God has been speaking to me, I want to talk about being resolute in vision. First of all, vision, a God-given vision, that's a desire, that's a burden, that's a passion that God drops into a man or a woman's heart to, to do something for him or to accomplish uh, a task that he gives us to do. And vision can come many different ways. And we are in a vision here at, uh, at KC and uh, here in the church. And of course, I'd hope that you and your family have a vision for your children, a vision for your marriage, a vision for your business. And as God gives vision, there comes obstacles, there comes opportunities, if you will, to, to basically derail those, that vision or to abort that vision. And so you're going to have to be resolute. You're going to have to be a person of resolve. You're going to have to be a person of perseverance. And so God gives vision, and he's given us a vision here at KC, which he's given really to all churches. That's to get every nation, every tribe, every tongue saved, discipled, filled with the Spirit, and on their way to heaven. And all of us want that to come to pass. All of us want our vision to come to pass. In fact, we have notes for you, and uh, if you didn't get those notes, would you just raise a hand and Make the ushers aware that bring that to you. So I'm on the second point now in the introduction. All of us have vision from God that we want to see fulfilled. And in order to see that fulfilled, we're going to have to be people of resolve. So let's look at this text. There's uh, many keys here that are going to help us. First of all, here in the book of Judges, uh, Israel is once again backslidden and the result is bondage. And I will say that one of the messages of the wisdom that comes from the book of Judges is this. If you backslide and compromise and turn away from the Lord, you're going to end up in slavery. You're going to end up in bondage. And if you do end up in bondage, you want to do what they did, at least this part, if you end up in bondage because of your own disobedience and backsliding and rejecting the Lord and his precepts and his commands, you'll end up in slavery like they are in this text. And they cried out to the Lord. The moment you begin to cry out to God is the moment your breakthrough, your deliverance begins. And the book of Judges, you'll see they're backslidden. They cry out. God sends a deliverer. He delivers them. And then they have a season of victory and that leader doesn't have a successor. You can't be a success without a successor. And so they don't pass the baton. The judge would not pass the baton or disciple somebody to raise, the up, raise them up to lead the nation. And so what ends up is without a shepherd, the, the sheep are scattered. And once again, Israel would backslide, turn away from the Lord and end up in slavery again. That happens over and over and over and over. Like a yo-yo, you just see Israel backsliding, coming back to the Lord. God raise up a judge. 
the judge would die, they backslide, turn away from the Lord, end up in slavery, bondage, they cry out. It just goes over and over and over. And in Judges 4 here, we see that he raises up a deliverer and the deliverer, God answers their cry for help and the deliverer's name is Deborah, which is shocking to some, especially those who aren't in favor of female leaders. Deborah is not only a leader, she's a prophetess and she brings the word of the Lord to uh, Barak who ends up being used by God along with Deborah and others to bring deliverance to Israel. Recently, I had somebody ask me and say, Pastor, why do you have women in ministry? And I usually quote a scripture about how Deborah was raised up and Helga was raised up. Different ones were raised up and used by the Lord. Really, this very simple without getting all theological, uh, although it, you can certainly do that and should do that. The simple, is, simple answer is why do we raise up and release women in ministry as pastors and, and prophets and so on and so forth? Because God did, and so we do the same thing. He poured out his spirit on all flesh, uh, female flesh included. And so here this, come on, can I get an amen from all the women in the house? Hallelujah. How about all the men? Can you say amen? amen. Very good. Praise the Lord. So women can be used by God, and Deborah is used mightily. They're under the control uh, that Israel is at this time because of their backslidden state. They're under the control of a cruel, demonized, pagan king, and his name is Jabin. And so she gives the word of the Lord to Barak, and Barak is reluctant like us. He's a reluctant leader, I think. When you realize the size of the army and the chariots, it's no wonder that he's reluctant. But he's reluctant, but he obeys and wins a great victory for Israel. And in these verses, and you can read the whole story perhaps later if you'd be a good Berean and go back and study this message and these texts that'll help you. You see that, that what he did was to obey and in obeying brought this amazing victory for Israel. And from it, we find some visionary, what I call visionary insight. So look at A, Roman numeral 3A. Here we see a victory for Israel experienced in the beginning. It's the, it was the beginning of the end, but it wasn't the end. What do you mean by that? Well, they won the battle, but the whole war, or should I say they, they won the war? No, yeah, that's right. Let's say they won the battle, but didn't win the war. Battles were a part of the war. They won this battle, but it took a little while to, take, to drive Jabin out. He wasn't driven out instantly. It took a little while. And in verse 23, you'll see that it says, So on that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, in the presence of the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger. The hand of the children of Israel did what? It grew stronger and stronger. Fascinating. What's fascinating to me is that God had given them this vision. God had given them this vision to see victory from this demonized pagan king. They end up moving out on the word of the Lord. They win the battle, but that was not the end of the story. It was the beginning of their victory. They grew stronger and stronger. And then in those final verses that we read, verse 23 and 24, we see that they, that they destroyed Jabin altogether. So in other words, 
Jabin wasn't destroyed altogether right away. I don't really like scriptures like that. I'd like the, yes, he came in, I won, we win, we go home with the trophy. That's not what happened. Many times you'll see in the scripture as it is in vision, when God gives you a vision, it doesn't come about the first week you started to put your hand to the plow. Many times you have to, you have to get after it. You gotta pray, you gotta contend. And then there comes this release of God's power and boom, you hit a, you hit a victory in a particular battle, but there's another battle ahead. It's a picture of growing. It's a picture of persevering. It's a picture of being resolute. Let me tell this to you, church. Don't ever quit. In the words of that marvelous leader, Churchill, never, never, never give up. When God gives you a vision, don't be moved to the right. Don't be moved to the left. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. Come on. I've said it last week. I'll say it again. Winners never quit. And quitters never win. If you're going to fulfill the vision for your family, for your business, for the church, for the ministry that God's called you to, if we're going to see America turn to God, we're going to have to be resolute and unyielding, never turning from the battle, completely staying steadfast in our gate, in our prayers, in our giving. Come on, say amen today. And so as they fought, right back in our notes, now Israel grew stronger, they got stronger and stronger till Jabin was destroyed. Perseverance, being resolute is a byproduct of faith. When you have faith, you will be resolute. When you have faith, I mean, you've got to cultivate it. You've got to, you've got to see it grow. You've got to demand that really of yourself to not quit. Set it, set it in your mind today. I'm never going to quit from serving God. Set it in your heart today. I will finish the race that God made for me. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to I'm not going to let up. I'm not going to give in to smooth knees or apathy. I'm not going to let atrophy come come against me. I'm not going to be apathetic or even pathetic. I'm going to be persevering and resolute in what God called me to do. That is what we are as a church. That is just part of the DNA of King's Cathedral and Chapels. We never ever ever quit or give up and God comes through over and over and over and over and over again. Now God's speaking to us so clearly, I believe, this morning. And let me say, as we apply this now, our flesh doesn't want to persevere. <laughs> our flesh doesn't want to persevere. We want everything instant, but God wants to make us strong, and so he leaves us something to fight. Our flesh doesn't want to persevere. My flesh does not like persevering. I like it when it's instant. But I will say this to you. The things that I had to fight for, the things that I had to contend for, the things that I had to lay hold of and pray and fast until they come, came to pass, those things I have a much deeper appreciation for than the ones that just happen instantly. God does so many miracles for us. Come on, think of all the things that God's done for you. Think, think, about, think about how he brought you through and how he brought you the financial breakthrough, how he healed your marriage or, or touched your sick baby. Think about how that, that car accident that you, were, that you were in, God intervened and turned it all around. Many of those battles that you were in, you know, that they, they didn't have a breakthrough instantaneously. Many of them. 
But I have found the things that I really fought for, those are the things that I deeply appreciate. And we are a part of a generation where many, many are just wanting easy. Listen, you don't want to spoil your kids. Teach them to work. Teach them to serve. Teach them the value of the dollar. Teach them the value of keeping their word even when it hurts. Keep, teach them how to do those things. Because if you don't and you raise up a person who's just a self-serving egomaniac, just all about them, the selfie generation, then you will never see them or we will never see a generation really follow through and persevere and be resolute. And it's really a, an aspect of fulfilling what God's called us to be. We're in a battle. And you're never going to win the battle if you throw in the towel. And I'm also convinced that God allows for us to go through battles because he's after something inside of us that can't come out any other way. There's things that God wants to birth on the inside of you. Remember, don't ever forget that what you're in, what I'm in, what we're in is an internship. You're in an internship. It's a 70, 80, I'm going to go for 120, 120 years I'm believing for of health and vitality, but it's an internship and one day you're going to die. You have that in common with the person you're sitting next to. You're going to die. They're going to die. We're all going to die. Somebody said it's the last generation. I said, well, that's probably true. And even if this isn't the last generation, it's definitely yours because we're all going to die and we'll go before the throne and the day of judgment, the judgment seat of the believer if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you'll give an account for your life, every idle word, your, the gifts, the talents, and how you handled that which God gave you. And it is so important to fight for that which God said you could have. Fight for what God said you could have. And in doing that, he puts things in you. He's teaching you to rule and reign, not just here in the age to come. And many times, if you don't learn to overcome, then you never get stronger. I, I enjoy exercise and weight training. And I enjoy getting under some weight that I can't push physically. It's too hard to do. Pushing my max. I, I sit there with the dumbbells in my hands and I, I, I rock back and forth. I have this whole method sort of crazy thing I do, but it's with the Lord. I rock back and forth and I just say something like, come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. And I say, five, four. And I clang those, those, those weights together. Three, two, one, and I rock back and I say in the name and I push with everything I got. Listen, you're never going to get stronger if you don't have any resistance, for God's sake. Come on, the thing that you're in, the battle that you're in right now, the, the wilderness that you're experiencing right now isn't to cause you to be frustrated. It's not cause you to be tormented. It's, it's, it's been allowed to make you strong. Can you say amen? Come on, God wants to make you strong. Somebody said to me a while back, hey, you've got a, you've got a string hanging out of your shirt. Oh, that's your arm. <laughs> Come on, God wants to make you strong. Say it. Say, God wants to make me strong. Yes, he does. And so if you look at your problems, your challenges, your trials you're in, they're really opportunities to be made strong. You got it. So don't quit. Be strong. And uh, God does that, I think. He leaves us, he leaves us something to fight. It's uh, a sad thing when you see a church who has no more fight. 
It's a sad thing when you see somebody that doesn't have any vision, doesn't have any fight. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody get real successful before. Sometimes real success as in a worldly success. They get, they get lots of finances or even the blessing of the Lord. The, you know, one of the great things is to be desperate before God and to keep yourself in a place of desperation. And when you see people that, that achieve a level of blessing that then they lose a desperation, it, it's just like the children of Israel. You, you lose desperation, you, you lose the hunger, you lose the drive, your muscle can begin to atrophy. If you don't, as I'm getting older now, if I don't go and I continue to lift weights and you end up with chest or drawer disease, that's when your chest falls in your drawers. But if I keep pushing myself, I keep resisting, then I can keep those muscles strong. You see, it's important to have something to fight for. And I believe the Lord, the Lord knows that. And I think we know that, but we get lazy. And so the hand of the Israelites grew stronger and stronger against Jabin until they destroyed him. Don't despise the fight. Stay resolute. Stay, stay per persevering. Don't, don't look for instant gratification. Fight until you see that, that breakthrough. You know, I, mean, I enjoy vending machines as much as the next guy. You take some change, put it in the vending machine, and we want it to come right out. You know, that beverage to be, to be made or, the, or the, the bag of M&Ms to come down, you know. But isn't it irritating when it doesn't? Listen, if, it, if you haven't seen the breakthrough, you haven't seen the miracle, you haven't gotten your bag of M&Ms in the spirit yet, keep contending for it. God is not a child abuser. He's got things for you, promises for you. You've got to fight. You've got to contend and, and, and believe for them. You know, and then they'll come to pass when the time is right. I, I've wanted things before their time. And I'm so glad I've got a loving Heavenly Father that said, you're not ready. Of course, he didn't quite say it that way to me. It's just kind of like, wait, son, wait. And then, you know, when it finally comes, you realize if you had got it earlier, you, you might have destroyed that thing. I'm so glad for God's wisdom. How many of you glad for the wisdom and the love of God? So not only does he want to make us stronger, but he, he wants us to depend on him, to seek him. To, to depend on him and seek him. And so let me ask you this question as we move towards a, a conclusion coming now. What is your enemy? And will you let God make you strong so you can overcome it? What is the enemy? What do you perceive to be the enemy of the vision that you're in? The fight, what is the fight? Who are you facing? We war not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers in, in, in high places. But if you'll take a look, ask the Holy Spirit to show you what are you battling against. Sometimes those things are within our own character. Sometimes you're connected or yoked with a... With a Someone who you shouldn't be. But if you'll analyze, and in the spirit that is, and, and ask God to reveal to you what the enemy is, and then ask God to make you strong in the midst of the battle, you'll be thankful as you come into a place of breakthrough. We can be heroes in faith. Come on, someone say, I can be a hero in faith. You can be a hero. You can. There's all, many, many people are looking to you. Paul and Silas in the midnight hour. They were there singing psalms and, and hymns. They were, they were singing in the midst of the dungeon and all of the prisoners were looking at them. That is the way it is for us. Many are looking at us. You know, by the building of our building, we will bring forth a victory in the body of Christ. I'm just telling you, it'll be, it'll be a piercing through like the, like the sound barrier. 
or like Roger Bannister. That's a better one. Roger Bannister, they, they said it's impossible to break the four-minute mile. Well, it was impossible until Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile. He broke it, and then everybody began to break it. When you fulfill vision, when you fight, when you don't quit, but you stay resolute until it comes to pass, you bring breakthrough for everybody. And I'm telling you, we are bringing breakthrough not only here, but even for the body of Christ as we fulfill what God called us to do. Can you say amen this morning? You know, Jabin was destroyed by Israel because they didn't quit. We've got to stand resolute in the God, with God in the fight that he has for us. You'll see that Barak expressed a humble confession of his inadequacy. See, what do you mean by that? He says to Deborah, if you look at it, he says, well, um, yeah, I'll go uh, if you go with me. You see that, that Jabin's army, Sesera, had 900 chariots. That is like, but it's not, a, it's not like a nuclear bomb, but it's like modern day tanks. So he had 10,000 men. You think that's 10,000 against 900 chariots. 900 chariots of iron would mow down hundreds of men at a time and just, they would just drive through severing and destroying. Chariots were the, the modern day uh, weapon and they were, they were formidable and, and terrible, dreadful to face them. And so when Barak says, I'll go if you go with me, he's confessing that he can't do it without, without his leader, Deborah. And he's, can, which had, that's a humbling thing, a man saying in a, in a patriarchal society in Israel saying to the woman, I'm not going unless you go with me. I mean, he must have been mocked for that, but he did go. And I will tell you that you need God to fulfill a God vision. God visions can only be fulfilled by God. And yes, we feel inadequate. Cause that to pray. Cause that to cry out to God. Yeah, you feel like you can't do it. That's right. A God-given vision, you can't do it. You can't fulfill what God called you. No kidding. That's, that's why it's a God vision. If you could fulfill the vision that you have, that's your vision. That's not from God. Don't come on, don't get all weird at me. I'm not saying that like your vision's not from God, but I'm saying vision that really comes from the throne incorporates other people and it's expansive and it grows. Can you say amen? Amen. And so he expresses humble confession of inadequacy. He expressed confidence in the word of the Lord through obedience. He obeyed Deborah. He obeyed Deborah and in his obedience saw release of God's power, saw the victory in that battle. And then as they got stronger and stronger, they were able to overcome all of Jabin's army and, and dethrone that demonic Canaanite king. God wants to make you strong this morning. God wants to make me strong too. And I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually. Day after day, putting your hand to it, contending, fighting, giving, praying. And with these victories, he'll make you stronger and stronger. How many of you want to have strong faith? Come on, raise your hand if you want God to give you strong faith. I do too. And many times the obstacles are before us as a way of even bringing us into greater strength. And lastly, in your notes... Barak was not concerned about who got the credit. If you're concerned about who gets the credit, well, you have a pride problem. God is the one that gets all the credit, gets all the glory. 
Don't touch the glory of God. Give it all to him. And God will bring a team just like he's done here. He'll bring a team so we can contend, so we can fight, so we can pray. To see Eagle River saved. To see, to see King Salmon Naknuk saved. To see Alaska from Barrow all the way to Ketchikan, all the Aleutian Islands saved. Alaska, hear the word of the Lord. You shall be saved. And the truth of that is that the word of the Lord comes that Alaska shall be saved, America shall be saved, but it happens day by day, week by week, month by month, not quitting, not yielding, never, ever, ever giving up, believing that God would strengthen us, empower us, help us, and that through that, as we get stronger and stronger, ultimately his kingdom will fully come We'll we'll die to go to meet him and his will will be done in our lives, will be done in the vision for our families, for our business, for the church. God's doing a great thing. Be resolute in vision. Come on, say with me, say, I will be resolute in vision. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus all across this place. Come on, let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray and ask that you right now would release your power upon us, that you would endue us with power, that you would enable us. I break off every covenant-breaking spirit. I command weakness and darkness to go from your people and, and proclaim today that the vision will not tarry. It will not prove false. It will come to pass as we continue to to do our part. Make us stronger and stronger, even preparing us for the age that's yet to come. Now bless your people, oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're not right with God, won't you examine your heart right now and give your heart to Jesus? If you're not right with God, won't you give your heart to him today? There really is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. Pastor Vince, would you come, please? Pastor Vince, would you come and lead people in, this, in the sinner's prayer and close our service this morning? God bless you. We'll be back next Sunday. We love you so much. Come on, be resolute in vision.